Hello. We have now opened the vault. We will discuss some of the goodies in it today. I'm Charlie. And I'm Corey. And um, this is a continuation of our previous episode on Speak Now Taylor's version. It is not a short album. It's 22 songs. And six of them are new old songs. And we decided to separate them from the main album of the songs we'd already heard before. Because, well, they're brand new songs. So even though they were written not recently, they're new to us. And... We're excited to discuss them, I think. I think there's some cool stuff here with uh, six brand new Taylor Swift songs never before heard by many. You say new old and you did it perfectly right there, letting people know what it is. But my question, and I couldn't find it, and I almost asked you before we started, but were these ever recorded and laid down back in the day? Like, are there masters of these it's it's very possible. I wouldn't I would think there are at least demos of these. And then on top of that, without getting too far ahead, were the guest artists that we see throughout this, were they slated or or even considered uh back in the, in the early, day? Early, yeah. I I am going to say no, I'm guessing not. Okay. And my reason for that is based on the vault tracks on the previous two albums, she's in those cases chosen people who have come to prominence in the years since those albums. Okay. Now these bands were around, the ones we hear from, they they were around in 2010, but I don't think that, I'm thinking Big Machine wouldn't have gone for it back then, her collabing with these artists that we hear really? from here. I was just wondering as far as, from a writing sense, I wonder if she had these artists in mind back then or if these tracks were without anyone. And then she says, you know, this would fit well with so-and-so as we go through. No, I think all of these songs I'm thinking were written as solo songs, but a couple of them were repurposed as duets, which I think is an interesting choice, actually, because um, on the previous albums that have had vault songs, most of the featured artists, they're really just backing singers, except for... um. One song she ended up repurposing into a duet off of Red, which was nothing new. And, uh, well, people loved it, and I agree, it's a great song, and it worked really well as a duet um, with Phoebe Bridgers, and they even did that at my Eras Tour stop, so that was pretty cool to hear. But uh, the question is, do these work quite as well as that? You know, uh, well, we'll find out. <laughs> that we will. We'll, we'll find out. So, um... Yeah, I guess you call this a bit of a mini EP, even though it's uh, all available to be streamed readily. And uh, with that being said, I'm ready to dive into these From the Vault songs. Get at it. So um, our first From the Vault song is one of the collaborations. It is Electric Touch, and uh, this was produced by Aaron Dessner. We've discussed him before um, on our Folklore episode because he did most of that album, so... It's very cool, I think, that she's, with these new old songs, she's recruited her main guys, Dessner and Jack Antonoff, to produce them on all of these albums, because um, they're new songs, they're not being re-recorded. So I think that's really cool of her to keep them in the loop and work with her on this. I like that loyalty, and they're great producers for her, so... Yeah. Um, But this is a 
duet collaboration with the band Fallout Boy is how it's credited. Um, and she said that they were an inspiration for her lyrics uh, at this time. I can see that on a couple of the songs here, as we mentioned before. A couple of the songs did veer into pop punk territory, especially Better Than Revenge. But um, that's not really what this is. This doesn't sound um, really emo or pop punk to me at all. Um, yeah. which I'm happy about because that's not my go-to genre. Um, I actually think that it follows the previous song, um, Superman, really well somehow. Like, musically, it, to me, does. But I don't think it's emo. This is, the concept of it, it's like an instant connection kind of song, like, gotta have your electric touch. And, um... It could go either way, but like they want it to work. They want this connection to be real. Is um, and I'm not thinking this song was written as a duet, but I think it works as a duet, which um, to me is a sign of a versatile song. And uh, yeah, I think it's a fun one. I can see why they didn't put it on the album back in the day. Um, but I do think that it's a, I think it's a good song. It's a neat song for me. Um, I'll tell you what, I couldn't picture it just her singing it all the way through because I think it's integral that that middle verse be from the point of view of the guy who's pulling up in this in this first date scenario where both of them, we end up finding out, you know, they're not sure about it. This will make or break their hearts uh, in so many words. But I couldn't see it without a male voice in the middle. That being said, I have to say I wish the male voice in the middle on this what hit a little bit harder. I the the overdubbed Fallout Boy, I I'm I'm doing them a disservice. But the, the whoever's singing Patrick Stealth uh, is the singer's you, name. <laughs> um, it it just it doesn't hit right for me and. Musically, I enjoy this one. I tell you what, though, that little trill she does throughout, and then he mimics it. I don't like it. I just don't like the way it fits in that key. That's me nitpicking uh, musically. It is a neat song, though. By the third verse, I feel like, not even from a production standpoint, but more so just from the song finding its legs. In the third verse, even with him singing on this track it sort of finds itself but it still it still falls a little short in in my mind i can see why this didn't make the album as well this is definitely a cutting room floor thing but i wonder i'd love to ask her you know did you think it was going to be a male voice in the middle there because i think it's needed but i think it needed to be a stronger one I mean, I would agree with that. I mean, when I think of people I want this artist to collaborate with, uh, Fallout Boy is not the first band I'm thinking of. Um, I mean, I think it really was a choice on her part because the band influenced her a lot. I'm thinking especially yeah. during this time. And I think that's cool that she did that. Yeah. And, um... I mean, it is a change from the previous ones where we got male country singers on the songs instead so I think it's cool that we're stepping out of that, but I mean, he's not the best singer to begin with. Like, it's sure. this emo pop punk thing. I guess he's 
fine for what he does, but it's not the best. I mean, he's not the best vocalist. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not crapping on his vocals. I'm just saying, like, it, you said the, the country singer. Who was the baritone guy that duetted with her? On, Chris Stapleton. Uh, was it Chris? Oh, no. Um, uh, maybe I'm getting mixed up. Regardless, that more of a baritone voice or more of a, a heavy-hitting voice from me works out well. Because, uh, I don't know. Oh, I, exi- but I, are you thinking of Bonnie there, Exile? Maybe. From Folklore? I think I am. I think I am. Yes, yes, yes. That yes. was, yeah, I agree. This is, um, the two songs aren't even really comparable, but. <laughs> no, but I mean, if he would have sang this middle verse, it would have hit a little bit harder in my, oh, yeah. in, in my opinion. That's um, not even hit that guy's voice all the time, though. Doesn't, not <laughs> always that low. It can be a bit whinier. <laughs> that I, uh, I definitely dig that she's paying homage or, you know, really still even though these are unreleased tracks, remembering when she wrote them and incorporating Fallout Boy, kudos to that. I mean, that's that's super artistry right there. Uh, you know, you're 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 doing a throwback Easter egg with them on it, and I I, I dig that. I dig that a lot. Yeah, but uh, we're gonna go into a more throwback traditional Taylor Swift sound. I would say with the next track, um, when Emma falls in love, uh. Taylor, this actually was um one of the surprise songs for the album's release date concert in Kansas City. And she said this song was inspired by a friend of hers. And most people are thinking that Emma is the actress Emma Stone, which I think is cool because I like Emma Stone. I think she's been good in everything I've seen her in. So um beautiful lady too. Uh yeah. From what I saw um when the uh, track list was revealed and we saw these vault song titles this title was definitely the most intriguing a lot of people were like it's like what vault track are you most excited for a lot of people said when emma falls in love just because of the title it's like what could this be and um musically i would say it's a pretty traditional taylor swift country pop ballad um it kind of reminds me specifically of coming with the rain from the fearless album musically and um but i like that i like this song i think it's a very nice song i think she's kind of admiring her friend and saying like this is a special girl and i wish i was her which i think is really cool and uh there's this reference to the the man she meets at the end and a lot of people based on the timeline are thinking it's um emma stone's ex-boyfriend uh they might have been engaged at one point, but no longer. Uh, Andrew Garfield, which uh, also pretty cool, I think, because I, I like him, too. I think he's a good actor. That's the boy with the man's eyes, Garfield? He was Spider-Man. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> Come on. The boy, the boy with the Spider-Man eyes? <laughs> yeah, the second Spider-Man. You should have known that. Oh, I knew who he was. I, but uh, the, the reference in the song is she met a boy with the eyes of a man oh and i was like that's garfield but <laughs> hey man they were young back then too you know yeah i mean yeah he's <laughs> he's 40 now so <laughs> hey I, I look at me crapping out on the song lyrics i am tired oh boy <laughs> <laughs> no you're good you're good there's a lot to take in on this song uh it's one of my i won't say it's one of my favorites but it's it's definitely a good 
look into her playful symbolism uh, inside her very descriptive uh, lyrics that aren't like we always say, you know, just like right there in your face. Um, if Cleopatra was born in a small town, I love that. I love, I love that, that line right there. Um, and it really moves in a musical sense too, because it starts off in this like innocent piano riff. And we, by the end, we get this fully realized narrative and, and composition, which I like as well. This one, it, it hit on, on a personal note too, because a friend of ours, it reminds me of a friend of ours, uh, who happens to be named Emma and, uh, she she we just found out that she's engaged so i hit her up and i was like here's here's your perfect song this is your wedding song i don't care what you're saying but it, the lyrics reminded me of her she is a unique soul uh she, yeah just, she's a cleopatra you know, all right she is in a small <laughs> in a in the small Timor town but she uh she definitely reminded me of this song and uh and the character inside yeah. of it so i like it even more yeah, she she could hold her own with Emma Stone too. So she most definitely could. She would be New York in LA. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. Uh, I just hope it's not Emma Watson. Hermione's not that interesting. Sorry, folks, but sorry, sorry Hermione, you didn't make the cut on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just because I hate J.K. Rowling, but that's a different discussion. Different day, different day. Yeah, we're not talking about them, and um. I mentioned earlier I was crapping out on the song lyrics up to this song. It might have been just because the next song is has not been able to get out of my head because it's so damn catchy. Um, I can see you. Uh, so this was, I have to say, this was not one that when people say, what vault song are you most excited for? Nobody was saying this song because the title wasn't really that. It didn't jump out and it wasn't a collaboration. So it's like, okay, but... um. Oh boy, we we got a shocker here. This is um, 2010 Taylor Swift in seduction mode. Third. <laughs> That's what this is. Um, this is a sexy, funky song right here, and it's our first of the vault tracks produced by Jack Antonoff. And I can definitely hear his work with Bleachers coming through here, and um, it helps a lot. And uh, I mean, yeah, this song it. It is very catchy, but I think everyone was pretty taken aback. I wouldn't be surprised if back then they said this can't be there because it's just too sexy for Taylor Swift, circa 2010. <laughs> she, she could sing better than Revenge, but not this is um what I'm thinking. But uh, I'm I'm actually I'm glad that as I think this song is fantastic. But I'm glad that it was left on the cutting room floor because I think it sounds so much better now than it would have that. Because um, 2010, Taylor had, I don't even think she'd met Jack Antonoff yet. And uh, um, he he was the perfect fit for this song. And he got to go into that funky mode, which we certainly haven't always heard um, in their work together. And uh, yeah, just a real, this is a banger. Yeah. It's a banger. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I'm totally with you, and I'm so glad you said it. It's one of the reasons why I asked you if there was masters on these, because his fingerprint is all over this, and I love it musically. You know what I'm saying? I don't know that you would have got 
this beautiful guitar sound. Uh, it, oh, it reminds me of like the guitar and Roxanne a little bit, but like you get this indie feel from from this uh, from this that new wave. Yeah, yeah, that slightly echoed guitar just sings, and it you know it gives it gives musical reference to her looking down the hallway and and the, this wild seductive uh story that we get to travel through with her on this one i i, I really love it and I, I love the way she like talks sings throughout this i i know i say that with her a bunch but, but especially on this album but i love it uh it just it gives this song that much more power uh it, it this one it's a sexy song it is definitely doesn't hit me like a young Taylor song from what I know and I'm I'm 100% there's no way it would have sounded like this back then like no. I don't know who would have been on it and I'm I I don't know how it would have came across but I can guarantee you it wouldn't have sounded as cool as it does today yeah and um everybody is on board with this song it's been the most streamed of the vault tracks easily it's and, dirty uh, man it could be yeah. a single <laughs> well up. it is a single actually oh, it's, no shit. Um, it, it seems that way because, uh, yeah, funny story, album release day at that show. In the middle of it, Taylor Swift premiered a music video for this song. and But it's not a sexy video, but um, it, it's actually a heist-themed video. Really? Yeah, it's, uh, okay. but it's pretty cool. And she has some um, old friends in it, I guess you could say. So we have... Um, a young lady named Presley Cash who was in the video for Mean back in the day, as long as another uh, young lady named Joey King, who's now a Hollywood star. I saw her in Bullet Train. She was the annoying British one in that movie, but she's in this music video. And um, then none other than uh, the subject of Back to December himself, Jacob Black, Taylor Lautner. <laughs> Is in the music video, and he did all his own stunts too. Cause he he's she, doing some kicks and flips and all that. She blows me away, man. To be so conscious of yourself and your career and your music and the time frame that this was to incorporate people that were with you back then into something now that you're doing about back then is. Yeah. That is clear, like major league. Ah, it blows my mind. I mean, Oof. she, the whole, her whole look in the video, like she has her hair done from how it looked back then. We got the wavy curls back in the video. Mm. We've got gold dress and her stealing the album from the vault, too. <laughs> she does on this one, and I didn't say it before, and I just saw it in my notes, but she does sound a, a little bit like the older Taylor. And I, I dig that she has she it, for me she she lets that maturity of her voice come out on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, man. and uh, it works beautifully. And I think we've got I think Taylor's got another hit on her hands with this one. I, I, I'd love to see this flow through the radio, man. I, it it might be a bit difficult. There's two other. Swift songs on the radio right now, but uh, this one I think it's going to float through as well because people are loving it and rightfully so. And the video is a lot of fun too. Definitely one of the best uh, Swift videos I can think of. That's awesome. So, yes, most definitely. But uh, 
So the song, uh, um, our next song is another collaboration. So, uh, um, not somebody we saw visibly back in that era, but a longtime friend of Taylor's. This is a song with, um, Haley Williams of Paramore called Castles Crumbling. This was another highly anticipated one because it was a collaboration with Haley Williams and, um, Paramore is still a very popular band. They're selling mad concert tickets, and um, they'll actually be opening for Taylor next year on the European leg of the Eras Tour. <laughs> Even though they're headliners in their own right, they're going to be doing that. Yeah, good for them. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Taylor has mentioned that Haley's been a longtime friend of hers. They're peers, and they've come up together. I mean, Paramore actually originates from Nashville. Weirdly enough, even though it's an emo <laughs> band, I learned that very recently that they're a Nashville emo band. I would have definitely lost money on that one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, this is another one I'm thinking written as a solo track, but uh, repurposed as a duet. And um, what's really interesting about the song is everybody's saying like this song foreshadows the 2016 downfall with Kanye and Kim and her being called a snake and the yeah. castles crumbling. Well, I don't think she, yeah, I think it's, I don't think she predicted that, but what is so, what's something I think that can be fun with it's happened with a couple of these vault tracks. Um, so far in this journey through the re-records we hear a lyric in there that was used later on. And um, the castle's crumbling. The opening line of a song on the Reputation album, Call It What You Want, is my castle crumbled overnight. <laughs> so it's, I think it's really neat to hear that. Like, hey, well, she had this whole song from several years before that album called Castle's Crumbling. That's very interesting to see that hey that's where she she's had this idea probably been waiting to use it and she did it and um but as cool as that is i have to say this is my least favorite of the vault tracks i don't think it's that musically dynamic and uh again i'm just not an emo person and this is definitely in that style it, it's not quite for me and i think Haley williams has a i think she has a good voice don't get me wrong, but um, I don't know. It just doesn't do a lot for me. I mean, kind of reminds me of like Evanescence a bit in a weird way, but like without the rapping and the power chords, just like the slow. So it's just uh, yeah, this one not my favorite. I can see why it was left on the cutting room floor back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> So, I kid you not, I have a very tough time, and I have since the first time I heard this, figuring out where Haley Williams is coming in, other than these little melodies and little pieces. It, for me, this one falls flat in the sense of achieving a duet track. Uh, and I don't know if that was ever really even the case, but if you're going to put her name on it, I, I don't know. It, it just, it falls very flat as a duet for me. I like the symbolism inside of this. Now that I'm getting a taste of, of older Taylor to younger Taylor lyrics, I can see where she's at. This is definitely a building track for her. Um, and I'm so happy to find out that 
that thought process didn't end and, and that came across because this is one of her longer, lengthier stories, even though this song isn't really that long. Uh, this is one of those lengthier narratives from her, but there's a lot of cool wordplay inside of it and a lot of cool symbolism. And I, I, I can, I even love the feeling behind the thought of this. I mean, this is a very, this is an insecurity song. This is, you don't want to know me. No one wants to know me anymore. And I don't even know if inside of her career, she was starting to get that, that wide area of criticism where there was haters all over the place and she was there definitely are. Okay. So yeah, I mean, this is an 18 to 20 year old artist that is feeling that and has having these insecure thoughts. And I, I can see where she is and and i like that about this song but not my favorite song uh it is musically it just sort of sits there and it's another one where if it wasn't for the cool lyrics inside of it it would be a super throwaway track but i'll just give this one not my favorite not a throwaway track but not my favorite yeah that's really all you can say about it um yeah but uh, we're going to move on to a different um thing now, fortunately. I'm happy to, frankly. Uh, we've got um Foolish One, which is the last of the Aaron Dessner productions that we have here. Um, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This one is an interesting one. This is a very introspective and uh, self-deprecating song, actually. Like, she's saying, calling herself the foolish one. Like, stop checking your mailbox for confessions of love. Like, I love that it's so old school, her thought process here. Like, she's thinking of this from a different era, almost. I feel like in a part, she's putting herself in, like, the pre-cell phone, pre-computer, email texting era, because... It's that old romantic in her that is able to write something like a love story. It's always been there, and I love that about this song. Um, I actually, this is not my favorite vault track, but hot tea take. I wish this was on the album back in the day. And the reason that I say that is because I think the album could have just used a bit more of an introspective tune not just all these i mean there were intro there are introspective tunes on um speak now i mean specifically never grow up but when it comes to her love life i don't think we hear a lot of introspection on the initial album and i think it would have um shown the listeners a new dimension of her if this song was included on there and uh 
maybe a bit of a counterbalance from all the pot shots at the celebrities and all. I think that, not that I don't enjoy those, but I think that an antidote would have been helpful. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And it has just enough playfulness inside of it musically that it could fit up there on the album and not take away. It would be a neat introspective. I totally agree with you there. Um, I think it's one that could shine up there. In fact, this knowing that she wrote it back then has that hit of young Taylor. Like it, it just, it feels like a younger song and, and I enjoy it. This one has like some Alanis Morissette vibes for me and I dig it too. You know, it's a really wild like you said, introspective take, but it's almost hidden behind a, a playful music and uh, a composition. I, I dig that about this song. Uh, I like her voice in this one, too. I, yeah, it, it is a fun one. It's a fun one. Not my favorite out of these guys, but it's a fun one. I completely agree. And she definitely we hear young Taylor in the voice more on this one than any of these songs, I think. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, foolish one, a winner in our book. I'm glad to see we agree on that and um now we have our last vault track and now the official album closer i guess um timeless it's hard to imagine for me just a different a closer that's not long live because that's such a finale song but um we've got a new one now and uh this is not that so i i call i would call this a contemplative love song is um Like, she's really thinking to herself, like, you know, if I'd met you in 1945 or 1958, we would have ended up together. Like, we could have been timeless. Um, It looks like this song was inspired specifically by her grandparents because the lyric video posted features photos of them. And um, I think that's really cool, too, because, again, that foreshadows some stuff, because on Folklore, as we talked about, we had a song about her grandfather, Epiphany, and on the follow-up, Evermore, which we haven't discussed here, there's a song called Marjorie, which is about her late grandmother and is a beautiful song. Actually, one of my show highlights for me was a bunch of people just putting the, turning on their phone lights and holding them up during Marjorie. Uh, I I was ready to record the song, but uh, it was really nice just to live in that moment. It was a very cool moment. But um, lyrically, though, this is young Taylor. This is that wide-eyed romantic optimism. This is not the more cynical feels of folklore and evermore. But I like that we've got this historic familial idea already creeping in and I just think it's a really pretty song, though. This is a romantic song, and I just love that it's a beautiful thought. Like, we could have been timeless. And uh, it can make you feel sad, but it could also make you feel happy. I think it's a bittersweet song. And um, this is another one. I'm glad that we got it now, because I think that having heard these more recent songs about her family and whatnot, I think that uh, it just hits a bit harder now. And, um, yeah, really, uh, this this is a winner for me, and I, I do think it works as a closing track as well. So this is definitely my second favorite of the vault tracks, for sure. Yeah, th- this one, there's a lot to love here. Um, 
of course, I love her vocals here. That we really get another cinematic feeling type piece uh, as far as the the composition goes. I I like to call this song the anti story of us because you could feel the love. I even said on on our podcast like she loved him uh, during Story of Us, and this one is the opposite. But you can still feel the love. This beautiful uh contemplative like you said but this beautiful fantasy love that is not broken or maybe not even built all the way yet but there's this beautiful thought um you know when when you're in love and you find something that reminds you and and you start to to go i love the way that this goes as far as its storytelling um if i had to nitpick i would say the verse about like the arranged marriage and like going all the way back to that time period. I don't know if it needed to be there, but again, we're looking at a younger Taylor who told a wider story uh, and, and was sometimes longer winded than, than we see later on in her, her career, but an, another beautiful and almost I'll, I'll use the word genius thing on this one that I loved is the way that we're talking about this timelessness. We're showing how, the love could have been throughout the the eras no pun intended um and and seeing the timelessness of that but in this beautiful loop we also end up back at the first verse the opening stanza of this of this song which creates this timeless loop inside of the song and i, I love that as well a really well thought out piece and I, I agree with you. I like that we got it now rather than on this album. I, I think it could have fit on this album, but I think it would have been, it wouldn't have shined on on the album uh, as far as impact. Yeah. Uh, if that, if that makes sense there, it, it just, it wouldn't have, wouldn't have fit quite exactly how it does now. I don't know if it's a closer. I don't know if I really even registered it as a closer. Um, I, I seem to each time I was listening to these, I seem to listen to them just as almost like single track demos. Um, but it, it it's cool to think that that is the closer for this one because ultimately this is a timeless record. Yes. Uh, so so you get that cool, you get that cool, you know, intertwining there of of who knows if she even meant to uh, the way she runs her stuff and I slowly learn from us doing this and and you tell me stuff i i i'd have to bet on she does know that she did it like that you know so kudos to you girl you keep blowing me away yes yes uh and um yeah those are our six new vault tracks from speak now they're um i think more worthy additions in my opinion to her song catalog um yeah i'm very happy to hear that um the vault tracks just haven't been in the project so far i don't think most i think most of them are have something really going for them and uh this adds to that these are not throwaway songs there's some good stuff here but you know sometimes some stuff just needs a later chance to shine and uh this is it and i'm i'm glad to see it so you said on day of release she vaulted this at the live show she vaulted uh i can see you at the live show the video was premiered there, yes. Well, song they, was out. The song. So, do, do they consider? Doesn't she do a vault 
song every night or like no, uh, there are two surprise, surprise songs gotcha. every okay. night okay. and um those can be anything they could be a vault song that she's recorded but most of them aren't because that's not uh, most of them um so far um live performance we've only so far gotten when emma falls in love but i'm thinking since this is a new release i'm thinking um i'm thinking we'll be hearing all of these songs at some point during the tour especially as it continues in the next year i'm sure shit they might put castles crumbling on the set list if paramore's opening i wouldn't be i wouldn't go crazy for it but i wouldn't be surprised because they did it for um phoebe bridgers and her shows we got nothing new but yeah that i think that's almost a guarantee at that point yeah it's not I as just, good of a song as nothing new, yeah. but I think they'll get it. <laughs> I, I just hope she doesn't stop playing I Can See You Live and just get it yeah, in. Yeah, we didn't get it. Know? We haven't gotten that song as a live vocal yet, though. No. Oh, just the video. The video was shown. Start playing it, girl. That's a live song. That's a live it, song. It is. Yeah, I'll be jealous of anybody who gets to hear it. That's for sure. Heard that. Um, but you know what? She has 45 damn songs on the set list, you know? Yeah. But uh, if you have to remove something, I, I wouldn't blame you. This needs to be there. <laughs> I can see you. It's a, it's a banger. I, I love thinking how, you know, I just can't get over this Grateful Dead wild, like, jam band, tour band, like, people at, at back in the day before the internet and you used to see cats scratching down the songs Fish was playing. They would call them scribes. Same at the dead shows. And uh, just to think that, you know, there's cats out there jotting down the Taylor set list. Like, what'd you get? What'd you get? I love that, man. I love it. I think she she has not only struck gold, she is she has made herself timeless at this point. Yeah. Pun, in, pun intended. <laughs> yes. Because uh, we're talking about her now. Uh, well, we will be for a long time. I think this is probably our last Taylor Swift episode for a while, I'm thinking, until the next new release comes out. But you know we'll be doing that, of course, because why wouldn't we? <laughs> they need to get her down in the sphere in Vegas. I'll pay Buku Bucks to see that. Okay. <laughs> get her yeah. down there. Put her in the sphere. Let I her do I'm very curious to see who's going to be in the sphere beyond you two. But... Fish will be there. Guaranteed Fish will be there. We're going off on a tangent, but guaranteed Fish will be there for at least... I'd like to see New Year's there. Come on, boys. But I'd rather say, see you too. You're out of your mind. <laughs> okay. Different show. <laughs> okay. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not even a diehard U2 fan, but I know. Whatever. That's why, like, inside the sphere, get out of here. But mysterious ways, come on. I mean, cool. I, I'm not I'm not mad. This is this is another podcast, though. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll get yeah, there. take it back. Take it back to our girl Taylor. <laughs> yes, we will. Uh, yes, but um, yeah. But uh, if you did enjoy this episode, uh, be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to us. Leave us a nice rating and review. We hope you really enjoyed this um two part deep dive with the full length and the mini episode. And uh, also, of course, follow us on social media at Turntables and Tea Podcasts on Facebook and Instagram at Turntables Tea on Twitter. I will have the links for that in the bio as well. So you could just click on them. So that'll work just fine for everybody. But uh, now the time has come to kind of reveal uh, how we were inspired by this and how it's going to influence our next picks. And um, 
uh, because this album is entirely self-written, we, we decided we wanted to look at some other singer-songwriters who just wrote all their songs by themselves. Because uh, a lot of great artists have done this. There's so much great singer-songwriter material out there. Um, it could be its own separate podcast. Uh, we, we're going to go... Um, we could go much further, but we, we're going to do what we can, folks. But um, I... Uh, I have a pick for it, and um, it's it's something continuing in the vein of this summer where people just really like hearing the new old songs. Because one of the most popular songs in the country right now is by Luke Combs, and it's called Fast Car. But he didn't write it wasn't his song first. Oh, no, no, no. It was originally by a lady named Tracy Chapman, and I think that this song's current popularity makes this a very uh, cool time to dive into the self-titled debut of Tracy Chapman, 1988, which contains the iconic fast car that is all the talk of 2023. Woo! I, I had no idea. I, so this is news to me, too. I grew up on this album. You didn't know that about me. I did not. Uh, this was this was one of the staple album albums in my house growing up. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's do this. I can't wait. That's going to be... Oh, man. It is the perfect time to do it with one of our songs of the summer. It, it's a hit once again. And um, All right. We'll be discussing Luke into it, too, but I think this is the perfect time to look back at this, because, um... Great pick. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I'm excited for that. Man, know, I haven't listened to that album in a minute. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, because now Tracy Chapman is the first Black woman who has written a song by herself to have topped the country charts because of Luke Combs's cover of Fast Car. There you go. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah. Making milestones, even though it's been years since she's put out an album. Good for you, Tracy. Good for you. And uh, we we can't wait to do it. And um, I think yeah. I'm thinking everybody else will be into it too. I think this will be a real cool album to do. It was not an easy decision for me. There was a lot to choose from, but uh, I think this is yeah timeless. I guess you could say <laughs> another timeless album. There, there you go. As we see, so oh, it's gonna be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Until then, don't drive your cars too fast because you gotta listen to our next episode. Peace!